had your six. Fortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman. Turn the catches horizontally, like that. Then open north. My orders are to kill you and deliver the lecture. What an overdose of bombois. Colonel Smithers is giving the lecture, 007. Welcome to, and you've had your six, channel dedicated to James Bond. Reviews, debate, trivia, laugh, and a whole lot more. Your hosts, from the UK with love, Double O Alan Shenton. And also joining us, with the license to analyse, I'm Double O Sion from Germany. Welcome to the show. Believe me, Mr Bond, I could shoot you from Stuttgart and still create the proper effect. Hello and welcome back. It is episode 23. We've been away for ages. It's episode 23 of And You've Had Your Six. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Like, uh, I'm trying to get accustomed to the new era we're living in. Like, everything's <laughs> changing so fast, even for the world of Bond. So, so hey. like, before we disappear into the new year and before the three lines take over from James Bond next week, so <laughs> <laughs> just give it a little the World back. Cup, the World Cup in the winter time, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Everything is crazy. Like it's not even on Her Majesty's anymore. Like who, who, who no. would have thought? <laughs> yeah, his His Majesty. Yeah, the first ever podcast we've done without a queen. We have a king. Yeah, yeah. you see. Who well, knows if Connery would be still saying uh, everything I did was for Queen and Country? King and Country. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, well done for uh, having your poster behind you. You're having a night yeah. earlier, kept falling down. So if yeah. uh, the viewers on YouTube see uh, the poster falling down, um, <laughs> then uh, just, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep going. Yeah. And if the, um, the, or your uh, screen freezes, so it will also yeah. you make a combination shot like of the outtakes and all that. All the... <laughs> yeah. Well, the, we- the, weather's been, the weather's been so bad in uh, England. So uh, it's probably blaming the weather for the internet connection, but yeah. we'll, we'll get through. Yeah. And what are we blaming my poster for? It's like bad preparation for this episode. <laughs> well, yeah, you were you were you were saying earlier that you um, it, it mirrors the Bond world at the moment. You don't know which direction it's going. Your poster. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It could be going down or up or sideways or who knows? Like, we'll see, <laughs> let's see how the posters are like going towards the end of the episode. Then we'll know. Indeed. Right, so I'm really excited about today's episode, episode 23, and we've decided to call it The Legacy of Timothy Dalton. And I will try my best this whole episode to be uh, not too biased, but I'm afraid it's going to have to come out at some point. So, yeah, The Legacy of Timothy Dalton. So I thought it would be good if we just started, um, basically start... If we start in 1986, a year before The Living Daylights came out, the fact that Timothy Dalton had to follow Roger Moore. And yeah. uh, I mean, talk, talk me through this soon. Like, what was, what was the world like at that time in the, in the, Bond, the Bond world, a Bond actor follow, following Roger Moore? 
Oh, okay. Like, uh, I chose specifically this topic, you know, like, uh, I know you're like a huge team of the Gordon fans. So let's say, let's do some <laughs> special gift for you, like, uh, since the holidays Thank coming you. up. Early Christmas present. And uh, it is a debatable topic also, you know, like, because uh, there's so many opinions about it. Like, I also, when I suggested it, you know, like, there were several uh, titles to it, you know, like, um, Best of All Time, or like, um, The First Daniel Craig, or like, it's just a footnote in history, or just a forgettable bond, or like, uh, yeah. a placeholder who, who whatever you know, like uh, he fits into so many spaces you know like uh, who knows like that's why I chose um, chose this topic let's see where we're going like uh, with our conclusion and what the our fans are saying it but uh, to your question like yeah in the 80s it was 12 year reign of Roger Moore like and uh, one could say like um the 80s, like, uh, it was a time, you know, like, where people started uh, getting used to the political situation and the lives, it uh, turns out, for the last four decades. And there was, I think, for the first, not for the first time, but you could feel there was a certain kind of tiredness with the Bond mo movies because uh, they were producing it in a, every second year and it came out. You know, it, it felt like more like um, the Bond movie came out for the uh, sake of releasing another movie, you know, like not because uh, there's a new hit or we have a great story, we are continuing to tell a story, you know, for the sake of it, but because we have to release in every uh, two years, um, um, uh, just, um, what do you say, like uh, every two years you have to release another James Bond movie and then, yeah, it, it kind of got stuck, you know, like the storylines and the movies and uh, it was not that kind of big of a bang anymore. Like, uh, you felt like uh, more generic, you got used to it, Roger Moore's playing it, even played it one or two movies too, too, too long, maybe, some say. And yeah, and then um, the mistake, I would say, like, um, the, the moment they knew that Roger Moore's not playing anymore, the producers just went ahead like business as usual. You know? We have to release a Bond movie in two years again. Like there has to be an end. Who knows? Maybe that didn't do uh, do a team of the dog nor anyone a uh, huge favor because it was another James Bond movie. You know? Of course, somebody else played it, but you can feel you know, there was a certain kind of tiredness. You know, like in, in that, like uh, maybe an overexposure. Who knows? Because uh, we got used to it at Bond. Uh, maybe the, they lost a little bit of this touch of this uh, special net uniqueness. Yeah, around this circumstances, then came Timothy Gordon in there. Okay? And uh, yeah, this uh, played a huge role, you know, like why uh, I wouldn't say like uh, historically, like uh, the Bond fans got a little bit tired after so many movies came out uh, in, such a, in such a short distance. And, and yeah. It was not uh, that that didn't do him any favor. Like that's what my thing. What I'm thinking. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, I was thinking like um, obviously Rod, Roger Moore getting getting on a bit, but I actually really love his last three films, and they're actually quite quite dark. And I know we're yeah. talking about Timothy Dalton, but it it, it, it linked into this because because I was thinking more about the tone of the films and how brave it was for Timothy Dalton to to, to just. Right, everyone loves Roger Moore. Everyone, you know, ha has experienced Roger Moore for the last 12 years, like you say. That, the tone of the films were obviously very, you know, humorous and everything. But, but for your eyes only, Octopussy, View to a Kill, uh, there were some humorous moments in them, those films, obviously, but there were some dark moments as well. They, they were trying to take the films 
a bit more Fleming like, a bit more darker, even in the Roger Moore era. So I I think I think it's incredibly brave of Dalton to step in because it, his famous quote was, you know, you know, half the world loves Sean Connery, half the world loves Roger Moore. You know, you could end up I could end up with the whole world hating me, you know. Um and he just took it. He just, you know, he just said, "I'm going to go back to Fleming. I'm going to do it the Fleming way." And and we have to remember as well that Piers Brosnan had the role. He was given the role yeah. before Dalton, and his whole contract with Remington Steel, um, you know, said he had to stay with them. So so Dalton got it by default in a way, even though they were, even though the producers wanted him for on Her Majesty's Secret Service, but he said he was too young, which you know maybe he's right. But I just I just think the the, I just think it was just so brave of him, and and it paid off um, because, in my opinion, those two films he did were amazing. But there is this element of the films were too uh, the public weren't ready for them. The the the, the films, yeah, the, he was he was so good. Um, and I think I'm going to put this quote into our intro for our uh, describing this podcast. He's, he was such a good bond that the public couldn't keep up with it, basically. Uh, that's that's my opinion. They weren't ready for the gritty, gritty bond. A lot of the public probably hadn't read the books. So I don't know. It was um, that's that's my opinion. If we're, if we're talking right at the beginning when he was. Uh, but I think I also think that the producers were excited about it because the producers, like you said, had got tired a little bit and a bit weary and it was just bringing back nostalgia. It was bringing back Sean Connery Fleming era. And I think the producers, uh, Broccoli, um, Cubby Broccoli was really excited about it, bringing it back to, back to the book. So I think that's the reason why they did it. And I think it paid off. Yeah. I think uh, it falls perfectly what you said to what I said earlier, like uh, into this uh, time span when everybody was tired, the Bond movies came out uh, in a short time period. And, and uh, the thing, what you said about the movies for dark, the Roger Moore movies, I also liked it, you know, like, but in the general public or in the history of Bond, it was not that noticed, you know, like it was more like a nuanced, uh, even oh, I think only, um, like fanatics of James Bond fans really noticed, you know, like I think the general public didn't notice. They said, okay, just another Bond movie with uh, Roger Moore and it's all the same, 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 you know, like it felt really like that. You know, if you don't pay attention to that movie, you could really like, if you watch a short uh, segment of Moonraker or short, uh, short uh, segment of um, Octopussy, you wouldn't know that they're two different movies. You know, like it felt uh, yeah. all yeah. the same, you know, storyline wise. And uh, if you mash them together and ask them, is this the same movie? Uh, the general public would say, like, yeah, definitely the same movie. You know, yeah, like, and, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah, always it Octopussy, like, the, the one with the clown is always Octopussy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> even, that, even to this day, a lot of people like um, confuse the movies, View to a Kill, Octopussy, and uh, Moonraker, and you know, like uh, the storyline wise. And okay, wasn't that? Uh, Roger Moore did this and that and uh, <laughs> yeah. that's so similar you know like even though like because we are Bond fans and know the difference and the, the small differences um, so I think it wasn't really appreciated what they did you know like the darker tone and all this and then during that time span to bring a new Bond in and a darker tone and I think it was not ready at the time you know like uh, I think you uh, there's the saying you know like you need to 
how can we miss you if you don't go away? And like, I think they should have uh, applied that uh, tactic. And that's um, this tactic, like where you have to go away, it really played well into Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig, you know, because there was a huge gap and people yeah. started missing James Bond and all this. And Daniel Craig didn't have this. Um, Timothy Dalton didn't have this. You know, like, and he just went straight into that... Um, uh, perception of the people like were okay for the last 12 years we saw Roger Moore movies like every two years it felt like everyone knows uh, how short two years feels like it could feel like a year like I, I'm sure like people say didn't uh, Justin Bond movie came out last year or something like that you know like and it, that it's, time it's, period, I know what you're saying actually people, people almost took it for granted didn't they yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we're in the era now where we're just desperate for any news about. Bond. Yeah, that's right. because they're, but they're doing it. They're doing it on purpose right now. You know, like uh, at least two years, not uh, if not even more. You know, like uh, for three years. You know, like we have to miss them. You know, like and that's a good tactic. You know, they didn't do that. You know, like and then uh, introducing such a huge um, change of direction in, into that period where everybody was tired, overexposed, and. Uh, didn't pay any attention to details the, the way we do or, we, or Bond fans did back then, you know, like, but for the general audience where the money comes from, it was really difficult then accepting a, a Bond-like team of the Dalton. And I think there was also a little um, unhappy uh, circumstances surrounding his casting also, like uh, as I said before, like he was way too young. I think in that uh, uh, perception, he's uh, right. And in this assessment, you know, like back in 1969 when he was playing, when he was supposed to play for George Lazenby, but um, Joel, I think the way I understood it, like uh, Broccoli wanted Timothy Dalton first, and then he said no because he was um, uh, he was contractually obligated to do another movie or something like that. And then he asked Pierce Brosnan. They got Pierce Brosnan, and then he cancelled in the last minute. Well, and then oh. uh, he, so they delayed the movie because they had no bond anymore. And then because of the delay, uh, Timothy Dalton got free again. So. Oh, I see. Okay, I didn't realise that. But it is yeah. still incredible how they still got it out in 1987. It was still a two-year gap, like even yeah. even with the, the delay. So yeah. it's all uh, right. I think they, they could have waited. I think like it would have been better if they waited till 89 or 90, you know, like a uh, newborn, new decade or something like that. You know, like it would have yeah. Been great. But uh, yeah, I think like was this uh, casting also didn't play like uh, half the people were expecting Pierce Brosnan. Others like uh, still miss Roger Moore after such a long period of time, you know, like getting used to Roger Moore, seeing a totally different Bond, like who looks different and yeah, isn't good looking, you know, like he's not good looking in the sense of like uh, Sean Connery or like um, he was more like dark and grit and more like Daniel Craig, you know, like and it was different, you know, like because the people I got used to, even uh, it was also close, it was not that long ago that Sean Connery was also born, you know, like because half the audience had Sean Connery in mind, the other I think I think Timothy Dalton's good looking. I think he is. A lot of people would disagree, but I I I uh I think he's Yeah, uh, it depends what you mean good looking in what, what terms like you mean like sexy or something like that. I think like there's a few there's a few dodgy haircuts he has in especially in license to kill, but but um uh also, I just refer to the women like when they were asked which one to look good and they oh. When I say not good looking, I mean like in terms of sexiness, like to Sean Connery and Roger Moore or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a good, he's good looking in, in the sense like he's capturing the audience, you know, like the capturing, like uh, that's uh, that he's good, like oh, he has to, he's, he's an actor. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and the fact he's he's Welsh as well, like, and, he, and his Welsh accent came out a few times. 
Um, yes, oh, you know, yeah. yeah, it came out. It came, actually came out a few. There's there's quite a few um, in in License to Kill um, uh, when he turns to Sanchez and he goes, "Things are about to turn nasty." That's a real like, re- that's oh. a real Welsh accent coming out there. You just couldn't help it. But anyway, it's, it's all good. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, but uh, another thing also about Timothy Dotney, you made the impression that he didn't want to play that. You know, like it's like uh, it's just another job. You know, like he's not. Fully passionately behind that role, you know, like he, whether it was the lackluster interest he showed to to play Bond, like no, I do another movie, I don't care, like and then if it's free, if it's I come, if not, like it's okay, and then also like um, the press conference, and you know, he said like, uh, yeah, I just want to be myself, uh, leave me alone, like and I don't care about yeah. this, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like if you, I think we've discussed this in previous previous podcasts about out of the six actors like who still love talking about bond you know, i know obviously two of them are not alive anymore but but timothy dawn isn't in that category of like you, an interviewer would ask him about oh about bond and he'd get a bit frosty and whereas pierce brosnan and roger moore they, they'd be like you know uh, mm. they'd love to talk about it so and george lazenby as well uh, but, uh, so yeah he he's i mean fair play to him he just went in it into it quite relaxed but but um yeah he, he doesn't uh, but that's, that's maybe because it's how it ended because obviously he wasn't he didn't do a third film because the public perception of him it was yeah too, but there was also not the love behind it you know like uh, okay it was not uh you only found out later you know like the way he approached golden eye you know like one one time he wanted to do it and he didn't want to do it. And then he said, there was no yeah. love. You know, like if uh, other people said, I want to play it, you know, like, okay, I want it. Yeah. No, Pierce Brosnan wanted to play another Bond. Uh, Roger Moore played it even if he didn't want to. It's okay, I have to do it because for the love of the role, you know, like, and the love of uh, Timothy Dalton, it felt like, okay, I'm doing it. Like, it's more like a, it's a job, you know, I have to do and uh, let's yeah. bring it behind, behind me. You know, like the, there was not this passion then. The people felt it, you know, like it, it was distant, you know, what is the kind of a bond, you know, like if you feel distant to him. Like, Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I keep talking to you about watching um, this Everything or Nothing 50-year anniversary documentary and there's, it's really interesting when it gets to the Dalton section and I'm going to I'm gonna quote um, Robert Davi actually now, uh, Franz Sanchez, uh, who played the villain in *License to Kill*? He he um he, he came out with an interesting quote about uh, you know every Bond actor was it it took them three years to be accepted as Bond sorry three three films to be accepted three as Bond years. and so obviously Connery had Goldfinger Roger Moore had *Spy Love Me* Daniel Craig *Skyfall* and I think he was saying that if Tim if Timothy Dalton had had his third film, that's when the public would have accepted him as Bond. Um, so it's really it's really interesting. He didn't obviously have that opportunity due to the studio everything because because they did start they did start his third film. Um, they did start recording it. They had I don't know if they had a title, but they had a storyline, and it elements of Goldeneye were it wasn't called Goldeneye, but um, it was called I don't know like Warhead or something or Property of a Lady. Mm-hmm. They, they were the, the the titles that were banded around, but it, it would have been interesting. And obviously, I'm sure if Timothy Dalton wanted to do it, he probably would have ended up doing a third film. But he didn't want to wait around, did he? He didn't want to wait around for six mm-hmm. years. So, so ultimately, it was his decision. So, um, 
Yeah, it, it's it's such a fascinating story, and I know we've done this in our what if what if episodes. What if I would have done a third? But he also said like uh, he didn't want. He only wanted to do one movie. You know? Like uh, Broccoli said, if you do another movie, you have to do a couple of more. You know? Like where the how the audience reacts, and um, so that's also like a lackluster interest. You know what I said? Like. Uh, where is it you know like uh if you want to play a bond movie like you have uh, i i'm exaggerating you know, like uh the country's uh, asking for you to do something like why don't you do the patriotic thing you know, like and, uh, <laughs> i think that i didn't you say the third movie they worked on was uh, the property of a lady well i no, I, I don't know that, that wasn't the title i know but i i know it was i know it was one of the titles that was maybe banded around i know it was Warhead was more of a war, war or Warhead two thousand or something like that was was the name of potentially a title, but or maybe there were others. Do you do you, do you know anything different? No, I didn't. I just knew it from you, like that they're working. Uh... Yeah, no, I th I think it was because because at that time they used all the Fleming titles in the films, so mm -hmm. it was just down to the short stories. Um, so yeah, I I I I don't know what. Um, or, or the Hildebrand rarity. I don't know if that was ever thought of, but but yeah, it, it had elements of GoldenEye in it, but it wasn't the GoldenEye mm. story. Um, but, but but it was it was it was. But yeah, it was it was. I, I agree with you as you said. Like this, uh, there's this uh, so-called um, th third movie. Uh, uh, what do you say? Principle like uh, if you or if you're getting into a Bond role, like when you had the third movie, and that's the in the past. The, was the best movie you know, like for that Bond actor who played it, it was GoldenEye, like you know, I mean, Gold, Goldfinger or yeah. Spy Who Loved Me or Skyfall. And Timothy Dalton didn't have this third movie, you know, like where he yeah. came into a fruition, you know, like if he, uh, if Roger Moore had stopped after two movies, he would have been the worst Bond actor of all time. You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't have gone out while well, the public perception, even though I love yeah. Man the Golden Gun, he couldn't have gone out with Man the Golden Gun, but then. If Connery went out from Russia with Love, I mean, that would have still been good. It's all public opinion at the end of the day. Because look at Pierce Brosnan, his third film wasn't his best. So it's yeah, it's just so an interesting theory. Really. Interesting. Yeah, but that's the reason why uh, Brosnan um, was uh, not a, quite a failure, but didn't, couldn't live up to his uh, hype and expectations because his third movie didn't do as well as like yeah, yeah. what he expected or did better than his first or second. But uh, I think uh, Timothy Dalton was on his way to that. Uh, you know, like um, there was some couple of like first movie was good. I think both movies were good, but there was like you no know, not this bang. You know, like wow, okay. You know, it's like when you always remember, you know, like for the audience, you know, like for the Bond fans, you can always feel find something in every movie. You know, like where you could say, okay, this movie is great because certain kind of details. But the, for the general public, like. Um, it didn't do a click, you know, like the way it did with Goldfinger and uh, The Spy Who Loved Me or Skyfall later on. And yeah, that was uh, a missed opportunity for him, like to be remembered as a better James Bond than than he is right now in history. Like, but uh, as I said, but I also said like um, there were a couple of opportunities. If it was a third movie, or like he was a long time uh, in the discussion of playing for Goldeneye, you know, like that would have also helped him a lot. You know, like, I don't know if it would have could be good for the franchise uh, because for the franchise it were, was better. Looking back, that Pierce Brosnan took the helm, 
But for him personally, and as a how great as Bond he is, he would have also liked to. As you see, either way, a third movie would have helped him. Like anyway, I think like uh, he was going into that direction, that movie being really, really great and standing out. Or like if you all, you can also see it like the third movie, like being an extension of the other two movies. You know, like it led to that movie. You know, like okay, the other two is good, the other one is okay or also good, and then third movie. Okay, now it makes sense. You know, if you see it in a concept. You know, like you saw that in this uh, this storytelling in Doctor No through from Russia Love and Goldfinger, and also in Daniel Craig movies. You know, the story. And I think the um, team of the Dalton was heading in the, into that direction. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it, it, you're right, actually. Uh, we'll, we'll just never know. It's one of those fascinating things. But I, I am I am grateful that he did he did two and two absolute belters. Yeah, that's, what, that's also like uh, for his credit, you know, he also said like he wanted only to do third, three movies because he said uh, it's uh, I told everything there was to tell him after three movies. I think afterwards there's nothing more to tell, you know. Like, uh, yeah, I think yeah. he, he said uh, I wanted to do a third movie. Because I wanted to take the two best elements of the other two movies and put it in there. I think maybe that's the secret. What with Sean Connery and Daniel Craig had, you know? they really did, took the best things yeah, of the two movies yeah. and put it like the, the, that concept could have worked. And Team of the Dalton came up with it even twenty years or thirty years before. There you go. I know. And then he doesn't get the credit. We're, we're giving him the credit now. Yeah, I think also, also like what I want to say, also giving a credit, like the, the, also the one of the reasons why I wanted to speak about this topic, about the, um, you brought it up, you know, like I recommended you to the documentary from 1999. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, back then it was a different time, you know, like, um, and people said it was the time of Pierce Brosnan, you know, like where Bond was cool and he's tough and uh, showing no uh, weaknesses, emotion, all this kind of stuff. And in that documentary, the experts, so-called experts who uh, were speaking there, they said uh, Timothy Dalton uh, played it way too serious. Like, that was the general uh, perception and the general attitude towards him. You know? And uh, my uh, opinion when I watched um, the first Daniel Craig movie, Casino Royale, and I went uh, when I left the theater movie, like the, the cinema, and then I thought we had this kind of bond, you know, like Daniel um, Timothy Dalton was the kind of bond like Daniel Craig. Why is he now celebrated and? Uh, Team with the Dalton, not you know, like, and that's what I remember. You know, this, how time changes, you know, like now when Daniel Craig came along, he's mm -hmm. like, oh, he's showing, showing like emotion. He's vulnerable, and um, who kind of who knows? You know, like uh, he's weak, and he has weak spots and all this. And then I think that's um, I would say is the conclusion that Team with the Dalton came twenty years too early. You know, it was a different time. Like he should have, uh, if he had played it in, in the two thousand. And um, yeah, so. it's it's it is interesting because we're gonna, we're going to come on to that now. We're going to take a little break, and yeah. then we're going to come. We're going to I'm going to pick up on your point. Um, what you just made there about Daniel Craig. Okay, so yeah, picking up on your yeah Daniel Craig uh, comparisons, and you know, you, you said you came out of the cinema seeing Living Daylights or License to Kill, thinking we've seen this Bond. It's true, and I, only. I guess only true Bond fans might have that feeling after um, being in the cinema. Um, whereas people that just watch Bond every couple of years, they, they want they wanted Roger Moore. But, you know, they were so used to Roger Moore. So they're like, whoa, what is this? And and admittedly, you know, I was in Casino Royale when I watched Casino Royale going, whoa, what is this? Because that was different. That was different to Die Another Day. That was different to Pierce Brosnan. Thinking, whoa, they've really changed this. I'm not sure about this. You know, I really am not, but you know, now it's regarded in my top three of the whole franchise. So it's they got got to be brave, and and 
yeah, it, it, it's it's a shame because there's, in my opinion, and I, you know, I'm, I'm sure you might agree, but you might not. But Daniel Craig is doing nothing different to what Dimity Dalton is. Did he? The only advantage he's got is that the well, I want to say that the stunts are, are better. Um, oh, physical. There's a lot of CGI in his films, but the the the, the production, I guess, you know. Is better the the soundtracks, you know, might be a bit more enhanced. It's just a more modern film, isn't it? Yeah, of course, but that goes uh, with the time. Yeah, exactly. It's not Dalton's fault. So he he maximized everything you could possibly. And and if we talk about the Living Daylights first, there were there were quite a lot of comedic elements to Living Daylights, like the whole cello, you know, going down. The, in the cello, and, th- and there was a deleted scene. I don't know you know this the deleted scene, the magic carpet. Yeah, with the carpet, with the magic carpet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank fun. God they threw that out. But there's, there's, there's so even even the first even the first uh, the pre-title sequence with you know when he land when he lands on the boat, he goes, "Oh, nothing but playboys and tennis bros. If only I could find a real man." And then he, <laughs> and then he's like, "Better make that too." And uh, you know that's a Roger that's a Roger Moore line, isn't yeah. it? But, but that's uh, what, I, what I said earlier. Like, um, even if uh, the Bond actor played it differently or more dark and uh, darker tone, the yeah. movies really felt the same. You know, maybe because there was also the same director and the same uh, screenplay, uh, the writers, and everything was the same. So it was not that big different from the movie standpoint. But the, the actor was different. But the movie felt absolutely the same from start to finish. You know, like you could, as I said, the last five, three movies from Roger Moore and the two from Zero. Okay, that was all. It was a coincidence that all the five movies that I just mentioned was from the same director, and they really felt the same from the structure, the the way we built, the the way the storyline and the plot were developing and all this. And that didn't play really well. That was actually more detrimental for uh, Timothy Dalton because the movie felt the same the way they performed. As you said, like um, Casino Royale didn't play, feel the same like the previous movies with Pierce Brosnan. Didn't the actors didn't feel the same? It was different. So the differences uh, that uh, Timothy Dalton had with Roger Moore couldn't uh, come to fruition or play out properly. You know, the way he wanted to, to distinguish himself. So. Maybe it was never the intention to distinguish. Maybe the movies maker said, okay, we're holding on to the same concept of the Bond movies. So I think that was really bad for him, like in that sense. I think they wanted to keep the, they said, never change a, a, a formula, you know, that's a successful formula. And uh, they yeah. kept it. I think the, this combination of all, if you add everything together, I think that didn't help him at all. So at the end, if you see what was different, it was just the actor, and that still wasn't enough. You need to, way more, you know, like to change the whole, uh, a whole new direction, you know, like from movies, from uh, the settings, and that's what I said. Maybe if they took a break for five years, it would have been the nineties, a new decade, new technical inventions, uh, new surroundings, new political systems. Everything would have been same, and that would have helped uh, Daniel um, Timothy Dalton a lot, you know. So this yeah. uh, generic. Uh, uh, firings of uh, releasing of movies and all that that looks the same was really not helpful in, in that sense. But they, they did they did break away from the formula with License to Kill though because yeah that's that's, true, that's, yeah. that's, that's the first time he well yeah then they regretted the first, it. they regretted it afterwards all that kind of yeah but I, I was going to say the, that's that's the first time Bond Bond went rogue 
wasn't yeah, it? Rob, that's true. Yeah, yeah but and now, and now Daniel, Daniel Craig's whole tenure is him going rogue, basically. Yeah, rogue, so. and, and almost, almost too much, you know, almost too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 Bond went rogue for an unbelievable reason. Felix Leiter, that yeah. is that is his best mate. That runs through all the Fleming books. The chapter, the chap, one of the chapters in Live and Let Die is he disagreed mm-hmm. with something that ate him. And for, for, for private sentiments, you did it. Yeah, and it's just it, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. License to Kill. I love but, uh, it. But it flopped with the audience, you know. Like, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's. Yeah. I think uh, that's also a lesson they learned, you know. Like the prone producers. Okay, but I think uh, you have to give credit to whoever came up with like, okay, let's go totally different. Mm-hmm. We have a different actor. I think that worked in that sense, you know. Like I think, I don't know, like if um, um, the Living Daylights, if the producers had Roger Moore still in mind when they wrote it or something like that. But License to Kill was totally, uh, totally like up to for Timothy Dalton, you know, like it was, uh, that was his movie, you know, like, like. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Cause he, he just, um, he, he just, he, you know, he was involved in all the little snippets, you know, when mm-hmm. Felix's wife throws, throws the garter at him. Yeah. And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he was yeah. married. He's married once, but it was a long time yeah. ago. And and just and just uh, there's so many there's so and it many... looks different though the whole looks of James Bond the whole movie in, uh, itself looks totally different though like yeah. it doesn't yeah. you have to think about twice is this really a Bond movie like it yeah because there was a yeah exactly because because it was the eighty nine so it was the same I think you were alluding to the the mistake they made <clears throat> releasing it. it was the first Bond that was ever released in the summer ah um, okay that's true um, and it was the same time that Die Hard. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Mm. Uh, so it felt like a bit of a Bond diehard movie. Mm, that's but, true. You know, I, I was never a diehard fan, so I would have known. Mm. But I think that that swayed the audience. That's why the box office didn't, didn't yeah, get much. But so they, that, like you said, they that, learned their yeah. lesson that yeah. not releasing they only it. Christmas time around, like since then. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, but, but it's your, your birthday around, like. Yeah, it's always always November. Well, Bond's birthday. Yeah. As well, Bond's same birthday. <laughs> That's, <Bond>. true. <laughs> That's true. Um, I, I, the, the final point I, I, I'd like to make, um, and obviously, if you've got more points as well, that'd be amazing. You've got, you've got, um, we talked about the spy element of Bond being lost a little bit with Daniel Craig, and I, I think that the best, the, one of the best underrated lines, um, or, or scenes, if you like. Uh, is in License to Kill with uh, Sanchez. You know, in Sanchez's house, you know, by the mm-hmm. on the coast, uh, where he's a uh, bonds bonds there, not as his prisoner, but as his guest, mm-hmm. and and he's mm-hmm. and and he set him up. He set uh, he set Milton Crest up by putting the cash in his safe, mm-hmm. and yeah. and he wake, he wakes up, and Sanchez is a bit suspicious, you know, and then and then Bond is, you know. He was like, oh, he, he says, oh, thank you. This is for you. This is for giving me the warning about someone setting me up. And he told him, oh, I was it's this one guy. And then Bond turns around and says, only one guy. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't think anyone would be stupid enough to take you on by themselves. <laughs> that, that is one of the best lines in the whole franchise. I'm sorry, but, because it's so clever. It's because obviously... Bond is taking it on by himself, but he's he's planting that seed in Sanchez of, oh, now you're even more on my side. Where 
but it's actually the reverse. So, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of the films and a few Brosnan films were like this. And Daniel Craig, it almost has to like spell everything out for the audience and spoon feed them loads. Whereas that line, I don't know. I just I just love it. I just love that yeah. whole in, interplay with the villain, and it's so it's, it's it's the books. It's like the books. I think like also like a uh, license to kill like is getting overlooked. A uh, lot of people who see the good things about uh, license to kill only talk about the last stunts, you know, like uh, with the uh, lorries and uh, with the trucks and all this. Yeah. But uh, what you just mentioned, they well, a lot of people like overlook, and that's also what the director once said, like um, the social the interactions between the actors. They were like perfect. They're just not just like the scenes what you were just explaining. Everything like the, with the Felix Leiter with his wife, yeah. uh, with the Bond girls, and then uh, everything that oh. the president and everything like that. I think the interactions are getting way overlooked. It was perfect. You know the way they build it up. You know like the the, the way Bond builds up these connections and the contacts. How it uh, how it follows it afterwards. I think that's uh, getting all looked. I think that's really perfect. Also, the way Q plays into it and uh, the personal interactions and relationships. So the, the movie is like really good in that kind of sense. And look, but as I said, the movie was so huge and also with the stunts filled that a lot of people forget it. Right? I still don't understand why people don't like it or why it went through. I don't. I never will. I know there are people that love it. Because like that end, at the end scene with all the tanker trucks, not, mm. none of that is CGI. It's so it's yeah, unbelievable. Mm. And yeah. like you say, the, the I love the, the Q. The Q is out in the field, and and yeah. the Daniel Craig films. Q is out in the field. You know, and yeah. Dawn, Dawn already did that. He's already done that. <laughs> so. Yeah, he he was ahead of his time, though. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, then. So to summarize. Um, Sohan, are you a, a Timothy Timothy Dalton lover? Are you? Do you love him as much as I do? Probably not, but not uh, as much as you do. But uh, I think he deserves way more credit than he does at the moment, especially since um, Daniel Craig showed up. Because uh, then we have to be. I know the general audience doesn't know the history and keep up with everything, all the movies. But at least from the Bond fans, that he needs to. Get that credit that uh, he was the first Daniel Craig. So sounds funny. You know, like it's only one Daniel Craig, but he was the first Daniel Craig. Yeah. <laughs> and because of outside in circumstances, he couldn't be that. And uh, I think we need to give him credit for that. Uh, that he tried something new. That uh, he used a formula that uh, became successful just 20 years later. That he was ahead of his time and he saw the right kind of formula that would work for Bond and uh, that would take him to a new level. And I think for that, he needs a lot of credit. Yeah, I, he got a lot of credit because I liked his two movies, especially License to Kill, and uh, he did a good job, you know, like, but um, as I said, he didn't come to into full fruition uh, because with only two movies. But as I said, after, after my conclusion is he deserves way more credit than he does right now. He's not a footnote. You know, like, He's, uh, he's a footnote automatically because of the number of movies that comes with the with the number of movies you do. You know, like you can't do anything about that. But uh, in terms of acting and uh, the impact he had, same thing like he has a great role. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I actually, I actually can't sum it up better than you what you've just summed up. As uh, I don't really have anything to add because you actually summed it up perfectly there. Um, and. Well, while you were talking, actually, I, I was thinking when you what you said. He was actually—I know he only was technically Bond from eighty-seven to eighty-nine, but he—he he, he didn't actually give up Bond until like nineteen ninety-three. 
um, yeah. officially. So he was actually on for about six or seven years. Um, anyway, people people only remember him for those two films. But yeah, I, I think it's it's it's. Yeah, it's just one of those things that annoy me that he didn't do the third film, and also the fact that he, well, he might, you know, he might, he might be sitting there thinking, oh, you know, Bond was a failure when I did it, but he, he definitely wasn't, and I hope he doesn't think that. But he's the sort of actor that Bond in the past anyway for him anyway. Um, yeah, he doesn't make the impression that he really regrets it. Like I saw him in an interview when. I think Spectre came out in 2015. He was in some morning show or something like that. And then they showed him the movies, you know, like uh, he played and said, oh, I haven't seen it since I've, uh, there was the first time or second time I see it for in my whole life and I haven't seen it for 20 years. So, okay. So Incredible. He's not uh, <laughs> dealing with James Bond or like, uh, he's not uh, like uh, pre conceived with like only for Bond or he's not preoccupied with it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. I mean, if, <laughs> We know if if I was Bond or if you were Bond, we would be watching our films every single day. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think George Lazenby is uh, watching it every day. Like, yeah, well, he's only got one. He didn't, he didn't make any secret of it that he's really regretting it. Like he would have played more uh, Bond, but uh, Timothy Dalton doesn't show any sign of regret. And all that no, guess. it's his choice at the end of the day. So yeah. Sure. Okay. Right. So that was that was that was definitely less. Uh, Painful than the Skyfall episode we did, so we we were we're we're in, we're in agreement. Yeah, because, I, because I tell agreement. the fans and the audience give some love, you know, it's uh, different than give some hate. So like, yeah, it's true. Well, so yeah, audience, uh, yeah, uh, subscribe. We've got. Uh, we're really interested, obviously, in your comments on Instagram. If you disagree with any of the comments we made about Timothy Dalton, you might absolutely hate him. You might love him even more than I do, if that's possible. So, yeah, I'm interesting what comments. Like, yeah, what the comments they are saying. Or maybe they bring us up new perspective or some new points that we haven't covered here. So that would be really interesting. Exactly, yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's been... Uh, I've enjoyed, enjoyed this episode as I have enjoyed our previous 22 episodes. Uh, it's been good. It's been good to, to uh, get things off my chest regarding Timmy D. And, uh, yeah, so should we, uh, should we crack on with some, some trivia? Yeah, definitely. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Okay, right. Trivia time. And uh, yeah, we're going to do our normal trivia. We'll ask a question each. We'll also uh, do a gun barrel. This is the last gun barrel. So oh, nice. As well. Yeah. I'll explain why later. Yeah. And it's my turn to give you a question about guess the scene because we've retired the guess the Guess the music lyric. Uh, okay, mm -hmm. so uh, do you want to go first with your trivia question? Okay, you can guess what kind of question I come up with. Like, it's another <laughs> end question, like <laughs> an M scene. Uh, yeah, because we should rename it like uh, M, <laughs> M questions. But uh, this only applies again for pre Daniel Craig area. Like I don't know okay. if Daniel Craig. Okay, um, in which movie like did M? go actually into the field to check on James Bond's work. So not uh, in uh, kind of like an office setting. He really actually went to to check on Bond's uh, work. Um, so what, what was the first film that he did that in? That yeah. way he really checked. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, okay. And because on the normal circumstances, he's often on the location, but always on the, in a office setting, you know, like he's... Uh, 
So, so, so it's just okay. So to make this clear, it it could still look like an office setting, but not in the not in London. Not in, not in any office kind of setting. Really, actual field. Oh, in the field. Okay, right. Okay. Not in office. Okay, that's why I'm ruling out you only live twice because he he was he was in an office setting there, office. but it was it was on a it was in a a boat or whatever. Okay, uh, so when he was in the field. Uh, so you can also rule out. So I'm giving you a tip: the, the man with the golden gun. He was also on the ship on the sinking yeah, ship. Yeah, that's that also what came in my mind. But it's still an office setting. Yeah, an office. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. I'm trying to think of Bernard Lee. Whether he was out. I know Bernard Lee was. He he came out. He came out to see Bond in Egypt. The spy loved me. It was um, also an office. That was all. That was office. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I'm okay. I'm getting there. Um, and I know he visited Bond's house as well, but that's not a mission. Yeah, he live and let die. He visited Bond's house, but it's not a mission. Okay, so when he's actually there on checking a mission, his work. checking up his work, checking on his work. Okay, uh, right. Okay, so uh, right, I'm. I'm Oh, I didn't know that was such a good question. It is a good, this is a very good question. Uh, there's this. There's okay. There, there's a scene in Octopussy where Robert Brown is in the car with him, um, checking, just checking up on him. It could be right. Could go through, but it wasn't the first thing, so it was not. Uh, it's not. It's not when he. It's not when he goes rogue, is it? It's to do when he's go when he goes rogue. Because in License to Kill, he does. Okay, because I'm thinking oh, in License. As I said, if you if we take this, what you said about octopus, if you take that as a correct answer, it was still not his first. You know, like when he did it. All right. So it's before Octopussy. Okay, this is tough. Oh, okay, I'm I'm having too many clues here. It's a great question. Great question, because because <laughs> now nowadays Ray Ray Fiennes is always in the fields, so it'd be easy. It'd be easy to answer that. Okay, go on, go on, go on. Put me on the mystery. You're giving up. Um. Well, I'm. 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 I'm thinking it's. I think. I think if I tell you, you were like, "Holy shit! Uh, why didn't I come up with this?" <laughs> okay, I'm telling you. Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, okay. Oh, wait a sec. Wait a sec. Is it? Is it Bernard Lee? Yeah, it is Bernard Lee. Okay, so, uh, um, because he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Oh God! Terrible. Terrible. Because ah. Uh, okay. Okay, um, not Moonraker. There was also in Moonraker an office setting when he was, yeah, it was. Yeah. like uh, whether he meets Q with this uh, cowboy hat and all this kind of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, it was Q that came out in Thunderball as well, it wasn't M. Mm. It was, um, okay. Q and You Only Live Twice when it came out in Japan. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, go on. Tell me okay. who, what it is. <laughs> it's uh, it's Moonraker in Venice when he goes to meet Drax and then 
opens the door like the glass where they produce this glass station or something like that. And then... Oh, right. oh yeah, on the oh yeah, and the so so is that is that when they they both put gas masks on? Yeah, they put the mask on, and they said that's a chemical plant or something like that. And then yeah, uh, okay. Demetra attracts in there. It's like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, and he goes on behalf of the British government. Yeah. I apologise. Yeah. That's mm. always with Freddie Gray. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, nice one. Nice one. <laughs> okay, good, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I like it. We went through pretty much every film there with all the MC. Yeah, so I showed good knowledge of all that. Even mentioned uh, Moonraker once. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm sure all the listeners were just screaming at the uh, <laughs> podcast there, just going, "What." What? Why are you not getting this? Anyway, okay, well played. Like it, love it. Another M, another M question. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but now okay, you can I, get. In. I'm going to give you an equally tough one. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> here we go. So, what what theme song? Okay, um, is whistled by a character in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. There's a character in. On a, on a Majesty's Secret Service that that whistles a theme song, and I'll probably give you the mark if you tell me when it when it was whistled. It's this is a tough one, but but I'd, I'd afterwards I'd love you to go and watch watch the uh, watch on a Majesty's um, and then see it. it is so obvious when you watch the scene. But <laughs> uh, good question. I think there was something. The thing is, like, I'm confusing the themes that came up when he was uh, picking up his stuff, you know, in his uh, office. That's why I'm confusing. Oh, yeah. Well, well it, it does narrow it down because obviously On a Majesty's Secret Service was only the sixth film. So you've got you've got a, a <laughs> one in five chance on this. Yeah, that's true. What could have been? No, like this uh, Honey Rider song he, he plays during the stuff when he picks it up. Yeah, but it's actually a character that whistles it. Character that whistles it. Yeah, you don't have to name the character, you just got to name the theme song. I think it must be Tiffany. That, uh, Sorry? Was it his wife that whistles it? Oh, what? Tra Tracy, not Tiffany. You mean Tracy? Oh, sorry. How could I? <laughs> Tracy, of course. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No. Was a character who whistled it? Was yeah. it Bond himself? No, it wasn't Bond that whistled it. No, you don't have to name the character. You've just got to name the theme song. Yeah, I know. Maybe I come. Can oh, come. Okay. Uh, was it? Yeah. Was it the Bond theme? No. No. That that was actually that's actually uh, here's a little uh, extra bit of trivia. That was that was in License to Kill the Bond theme. You know when Sanchez is shoot is shooting at the mm -hmm. tanker trucks, yeah. they they make the metal the bullet sound like it goes ding ding. Yeah, ding, ding. So there was something. That's what I was remembering. There was something. Yeah. Okay. What was it? <laughs> oh wait a minute. It was the Goldfinger theme? Yes. Yeah, I remember. Okay, but I don't remember who it was. It was the. Um, you know when Bond is on his way to, to meet Draco for the first time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And obviously Draco's henchmen are taking him through. And then there's, there's a guy that's sweeping. Mm. There's a guy oh, that's sweeping. Yeah. And, he's, okay. and he's going, he's going. Yeah, he's going, he's going 
That's true. Yeah. I remember golfing. there was something with golfing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But also this funny, funny fight scene where there was like this, the sound is, uh, Yeah. Do you remember that? Then he goes into Draco's office, he's fighting these henchmen, and then there's always the sound uh, echoing like in the hall or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I remember. That. I, I, is that, that's not a theme, is it? But yeah, I remember that's, um, yeah. that. That is so random, isn't it? It's, but it's good, it's good. <laughs> yeah, nice. I got it. You got it. Yeah, so you say that counts because you said the Bond theme first, but I let you have that because you said Goldfinger. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Okay, that was maybe tough. Half, right? a, half a point, maybe. Half a point, okay. Half a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you did have a one in five chance because it narrowed it only down to, and it uh, is the most iconic theme. So that's true. Yeah, nice one. Okay, well done. Okay, uh, right. So here's the gun barrel for this week. Yeah, the last one. <laughs> Let's see. The last one. <laughs> okay. It's obviously not Doctor No. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, right. So I'm gonna just see if I can. Uh, get to this because the reason it's the last one is because it's not Doctor No and it's not No Time to Die they're the first films and the most previous films we're not going to do them because uh, it's uh, they're pretty obvious okay. okay ready are you ready yep It's a, it's a difficult one. Yeah. Oh, I'm playing some more stuff there. That doesn't count. That was really difficult. It has an element from all kinds of area. At the beginning, it sounds from the 60s and then from the 70s and from the 90s, but of everything. everything. All right, interesting. Uh, it was a long one. Yeah. I'm sure you've forgotten all the ones we've done. And yeah, the one, the one, there was one that was left. This was the final one, apart from Doctor No and No Time to Die. I go for um, On Her Majesty's Secret Self. No, it wasn't, no. It was. No. It was Quantum of Solace. Ah, it went so long, Quantum of yeah. Solace. Yeah, it, it, was, it was the one that was played right at the end of the movie. Because, you know, at the, the thumb barrel doesn't start. Because I got confused, I was just thinking which one went long. You know, I remembered that uh, on him, I just sequel service went long because there was also this title, uh, yeah, with uh, broccoli nose. That's why I was going for that, yeah, that's true. That that kind of has more like ding 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 ding. Mm, that's true, yeah. yeah, that's true. But uh, this, this was really fast, like Daniel Craig moves really quickly across the screen. It surprised me that that it sounded like this in 2008, like it sounded really old, like or maybe, maybe, maybe that's what they're going for. Yeah, that's true. Nice, you got okay. me here. So, what's my uh, <laughs> score? What's my score on this? Uh, your score, actually, now the final score uh, for the the gun barrels because we're going to retire the gun barrels now. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's is... my turn. You have to, you have to guess the gun barrels. Oh yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, true, actually, yeah. Um, so what have you got? You we did twenty three in the end. You got uh, thirteen out of twenty three. Oh, okay, nice. Almost half of it. So. Almost half. That'll do. Perfect. Let's see how you will uh, 
do with this definitely better than this but <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know it's it, i know it'll definitely be harder being on the other being on the other on the side it would have been funny if you, if you had played dr no and i wouldn't have guessed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i know that'd be that'd be funny okay brilliant um right so it's my turn now for um yes the scene mm-hmm. nice Okay, so guess guess the scene, therefore, if you guess the scene, you'll guess the film, obviously, as well. So here's the quote. But I don't need a million pounds. Hmm. Nice. Uh, I guess on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, well done. I, I thought I just picked. I think it's because I'm reading the book. I, my two questions were to do with Mad on a Majesty Secret Service. But so okay, that's the film. But you haven't guessed the scene yet. I'm sure you have though. Uh, he's offering it a couple of times. So I think at the wedding when he puttings on his coat uh, when he opens it and then is it that or it's it, it could it, be it, only two, you know, at either at his office or like on this uh, on the wedding day. Okay, yeah, which one are you going to go for, office or wedding day? I think at the wedding he says uh, a real man who loves a woman, something like that he says, and then I think I go. it was must have been in the office. Yeah, 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 it yeah. was the office. It's the office, well done. Nice. See, and then it's because as soon as he says it, he goes, stupid old. <laughs> Draco. So Draco and Bond in the office, yeah. Well done, yeah. you got it. Nice one. Wouldn't it be interesting to make a mo- another movie, what happened to Draco? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's, uh, he's he got so angry and bitter about Bond that he uh, his daughter died that he kills goes for Bond and afterwards. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good that'd story. Be, that'd be you know what? That'd be great. That would be that would be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm so yeah. I mean, this is a discussion for another episode. Yeah, that's okay. it could be another. But yeah, what, what do we what, what do we want for Bond, for Bond 26? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, nice, nice episode. Yeah, brilliant. Good to see you soon. It's been a while, yeah. and this is our final episode of of twenty twenty two. We will be back in the new year. Let's really. see how the three lines will represent Bond or yeah. country and Germany as well. Yeah, like I, see, I, mean, I think Germany has something against it. So that you yeah, maybe is it is Irma Bunt? Is she German? Yeah, that's she's the coach. Yeah, in the back. <laughs> 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 or Stamper, Stamper from Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, Stamper, oh, he's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. Brilliant. Okay, so um, that's it. Well, we that's the episode we, done and dusted. Yeah, we bring Dr. Kaufman back, so that's the best. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Dr. Kaufman. Yeah. He's, 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 he's in our intro, Dr. Kaufman. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, Stuttgart. He's our, yeah, he's our secret weapon for the World Cup. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Brilliant, right, okay, so, and you've had your six, uh, check out our website, if you have already, Instagram, your comments there, like and subscribe, give us a five-star rating, even though, even if you think we're rubbish, yeah, uh, yeah. amazing, great to see you again soon, I'll see you next time for episode 24. See you next time. Bye, Auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> good night, good night, sleep well.